So, I am so happy to be up here again with you all today. Welcome to church, everybody. Amen. It's Black History Month, and I'm so glad to be preaching with you all again. Um, Today's sermon is in your bulletin. What is the title of today's sermon? Jasmine, could you please put it up on the screen there, please? What is it called? Say that with some strength. Strength to overcome. Amen. All right. Well, before we begin, let's go to God in prayer. Lord, we just say thank you for the word today. Thank you for um, your son, Jesus Christ. Move us from where we are to where it is that you would have us to be. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, let's get to see more people out to church this week. So welcome back. So it is officially Black History Month. Um, Somebody tell your neighbor, say it loud. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. (laughs) Well, uh, when I think about Black History Month, my mind automatically goes back to elementary school when we had to learn all of those wonderful black history facts and learn all those inventors. And it is just a time of, like, remembrance. So uh, what I did not know is that African American History Month did grow out of Negro History Week. How many of y'all actually knew that? Okay, I didn't know that. And it was the brainchild of the noted historian Carter G. Woodson and many others. So February was chosen because it coincides uh, with two birthdays, Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln. Okay, so it's not just celebrated here in the United States. It's also celebrated in other countries, which I did not know, like Canada. All right. So a lot of people are happy to celebrate Black History Month, even those that are not even black. And we learn about activists, civil rights pioneers, and so on and so forth. So I'm going to test your knowledge. Are you ready? Who is Madam C.J. Walker? She invented, well, she popularized glycine, which is pressing oil. And she may have also invented the high comb, praise the Lord. (laughs) She was also the first self-made millionaire, amen, in America. Lived next to John D. Rockefeller, amen. George Washington Carver was on the screen. Who was he? He did not invent the peanut, but what did he do with the peanut? He made peanut butter and 300 other products, right? All right. Rosa Parks. Who was Rosa Parks? She was on a part of the bus boycott and she sparked. What did she spark? What movement did she spark? The bus boycott and in general, what did she help spark? The civil rights movement. Who was led by who? the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Amen. Okay. Now we have a lot of other inventors and first that we know of. Hattie McDaniel, first African-American performer to win an Academy Award. Jackie Robinson, the first to do what? To play Major League Baseball. Amen. We know about the first black president of the United States, Barack Obama, the first black vice president, 
Kamala Harris. Praise the Lord. Amen. Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Marcus Garvey, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Rosa Parks, so, so, so many more. Amen. Let's give those people a round of applause today. Amen. 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 So I'm glad that you guys brushed up on your you know, black history facts today. Amen. So I want to know, while that all sounds all fine and good, I wonder what it was like to be those people. What was it like to be the very first in their field? The very first, not just the very first, the very first black person to live next to John D. Rockefeller. What do you think that was like? You probably, you know, when you get to the nice neighborhoods nowadays, you and things like that, right? You don't want people to look at you kind of bad. Like, well, y'all better act right because we in the neighborhood. Okay? What was it like to be um, Hattie McDaniel, the very first black person to win an Academy Award? I'm pretty sure she did a lot of worthy things before she actually got that award. Amen? Uh, what about Rosa Parks? To get, be getting off of work late at night one day and don't feel like going to the back of the bus. What do you think that was? She said, I'm willing to go to jail today because I ain't going to the back of that bus. How many of you would actually do that? Oh, 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 some of you actually have. What was it like to be in the civil rights movement? How many of y'all were a part of the civil rights movement? Yes, Miss Hall was in the civil rights movement. Anybody else? Walter, anybody else? Who actually was a part? Oh, yes, Miss Helen. Who was a part of sit-ins? Or who was a part of the marches? Or who was a part? Who, who actually know about the Huff riots? Oh, yeah, right down the street, right? When the military was sent in, right? Oh, yeah. Who was downtown just a couple of years ago? That wasn't civil rights, but it was part of Black Lives Matter. How many of y'all was downtown? Okay, things have happened that we have been a part of, right? And those things are very encouraging, but those things are not always good times, especially not when you're living them. Those are scary times, right? Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're going to live or die, but you know that you're supposed to be doing the right thing, that you know you're supposed to be a part of something bigger than yourself. So today, I'd have to say on our screen, you'll see that things haven't really changed that much. Um, during the Civil Rights Movement, there was a little girl by the name of Ruby Bridges. Anybody remember Ruby Bridges? Yeah, who was she? She was the first girl to desegregate white schools. Is it on the screen, Jazz? There she is. Now look at her. She is a little girl with a little suitcase, six years old, surrounded by three grown men. What was that like, do you think, as a six-year-old? It had to be scary. She got a whole little suitcase, little briefcase. But things haven't changed because guess what? Just recently, there was a little girl, Jordan Rogers, at the age of eight years old, selling water. And a woman called the police on her. She asked the little eight-year-old girl, do you have a permit for that? The little girl said, I don't even know what a permit is. Isn't that crazy? Um, also, we know about Emmett Till. How many of us know about Emmett Till? Oh, yeah, we know about Emmett Till. What did Emmett Till do? What happened to him? He was murdered for doing what? Whistling at a white woman. That put that 
um, picture on the screen, please, of Emmett Till. And his mother wanted the world to see what had happened to her son. Put it up there. Okay. Um, it's not, for some reason, it's not there. Um, and then also, we have Trayvon Martin. Killed as he was just going to the corner store. Um, and the man that was actually the same age as me at the time, he said, oh, I was afraid of that little boy. <laughs> Can you believe that? And killed him. So things have not really changed all that much. I mean, things have happened. You can take it down now. The things have happened, you know, are kind of echoing what have happened during the Civil Rights Movement. And those little small things sparked the Civil Rights Movement. And those things today, like Trayvon Martin, um, Eric Gardner, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, they kind of sparked the Black Lives, Ladder, uh, Black Lives Matter movement today. So things haven't really changed that much. And I wonder what it was like to be, you can put the pictures up. I wonder what it was like to be during those sit-ins. What was it like to be a part of those sit-ins? One thing I like about black history is to see all the pictures, to see all the history. You can keep going. What was it like to be that person at the counter surrounded by a group of people with a, one of them has a swastika on his arm. Keep on going. And what was it like to be noted in black history? What was it like? I'm sure they had lots of hate mail, right? I mean, we have haters nowadays when we do something good on a regular basis, right? What was it like to be hated by most of the country or most of the world? Take it down. Um, but the scripture says in 2 Timothy, but evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. I want you to know that some of these things were done in the name of God. Some of these things were done with a religious purpose in mind. But the scripture says here, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. People know that we are Christians by our what? Our love, for we know we are Christians by our love, by our love. For they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our... So you can tell a fake. You can tell a phony. Even if they're not being loving and kind, you can tell a phony most of the time. Uh, but you must continue in these things you have learned. And that's our response. Uh, being assured of knowing from where you learned them from. You learned these things from God, what to do. In, in hard times. I like how uh, the scripture says evil. What is evil? Is it a certain person? Is it a group of people? The scripture says, for struggle is not against flesh and blood, but what? Against rulers, against authorities, against principalities of the dark world. Amen. How many of you actually know that? Our fight is not with each other. Our fight is against evil. So what do you do when this evil comes? Where do you get the strength to overcome evil? Evil is a part of the world. And guess what the scripture says? It's going to get darker and darker and darker to the day of Christ Jesus. So what do we do? Psalm 27 says, The Lord is the light of my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. 
whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumble and fell. Amen. How many of y'all actually believe that? How many of you actually lived that? Sometimes you just don't know that you actually have been through a situation, a tough time, and you had nothing else to depend on but the Lord. You had other people come against you and say, no, no, I'm sorry. Uh, you can't do this. No, I, I hate you. I, what are you talking about? What, and, you, and you know that you're doing the right thing, but people are coming against you doing evil. The only person that you really can call on is the Lord. Amen. And like how it also says, um, Psalm 27, verse 2, it says enemies in the scripture. Enemies is not just a person or a group of people that attack you. Enemies also include sickness, lack, debt, addictions, and a host of other things. Acts 10, 38 says those healed by Jesus were oppressed by the devil. Did you all know that? Job was a good man, and God himself told the enemy that he is a faithful, God-fearing man. But Job lost everything. He lost his children. He lost his health. He lost his flocks. He lost his finances. He lost his home. He lost his servants. Even his wife turned on him and said, Job, just curse God and die. Even his friends came against him and said, He was a bad person. It happened because he was a bad person. But Job chapter 42 verse 10 says, when Job was sick and afflicted, it says God was the one who turned his captivity. All those different things are examples of enemies. Anybody ever had an enemy in their life? Oh, yeah. Yeah, If you live on this earth, one thing you will have is an enemy. (laughs) Anybody believing to be to overcome those enemies right now? Yeah. It's real. And sometimes it's not just because of what people have done to us. Sometimes we have enemies because we got our own self into trouble, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> sometimes you know what was right and you went left. Sometimes you know the right thing to do and you just don't do anything. All right. Sometimes we get ourselves into trouble by opening the door to things that we know are evil. Um, you know, you hear about people playing on Ouija boards. You know, you hear about people getting drunk. You know, about people having addictions. You know, about people spreading lies and things like that. Sometimes we do open those doors. Um, just like the Garden of um, Eden. Adam and Eve had a choice. God said, do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And what did they do? They ate the fruit. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> sometimes when we say don't do something, it automatically makes us want to do something sometimes, right? <laughs> it's just in our nature. We're born into sin sometimes. We do do the wrong things. Um, sometimes things are passed down just like we were born into sin. Sometimes uh, we pass down anger, addictions, alcoholism, and things of that nature. I heard a story about two alcoholics that had children. The first child said, well, I'm an alcoholic because my daddy was an alcoholic. Shoot, we drink together. I mean, that's just the way things go. I mean, it's not going to change. It's in my genes and oh well. But the second son said, oh, well, I don't drink. And And the man said, why not? 
He said, because my daddy was an alcoholic. He chose to overcome the, the enemy. Amen. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. Sometimes we have to know the narrative and change it. Sometimes we've had fathers that haven't been there, but we have sons that are rising up and becoming fathers now because they know what it feels like. Right. Sometimes we know what it feels like when we've been done wrong and we change that narrative. Whatever the case, whatever the enemy, the point is we are not victims. We are victors. Say that with me. I am not a victim. I am a victor. Amen. Second Timothy says, but you have carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life. This is Paul talking. Purpose, faith, long suffering. Long suffering means patience. I heard Joyce Meyer say, do you know the actual way you're supposed to say long suffering? Long suffering. How many of you want to suffer that long? <laughs> Nobody want to suffer that long, but guess what? Sometimes God does call us to long suffering. Amen. Oh, this is a hard sermon today. How many of y'all want to be long suffering this week? Not really anybody. <laughs> Not really a lot of us. Paul says, you have followed my manner of purpose, afflictions. All these things happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. All these things he endured, and out of all of them, the Lord delivered me. How many of y'all have that testimony today that the Lord delivered me? Amen. And I can tell you those people from those black history facts, the Lord delivered them as well. It just happened on their own. It came from the strength of God. At Iconium, I love what Paul says here. He names each place. He even goes back and reminds Timothy the specific occasions of persecution. Sometimes it's good to remember the things that have happened in the past. At Antioch, Paul was kicked out of the city for preaching the gospel, Acts chapter 13. Acts 14 in Iconium, Paul was almost executed by stoning. Probably because he was preaching the gospel. How many of y'all can actually say, if you're about to be stoned, you'll continue preaching the gospel? Not a lot of us, right? Uh, At Lystra, where they actually did stone Paul. And left him for dead. And he was still preaching the gospel. Okay? So out of all of them, the Lord, he says, deliver me. And he remembered this when? He's writing this while he's waiting to be executed. (laughs) This kind of reminds me what Walter was talking about. He wrote letters while he was in jail, just like Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King wrote letters while he was in jail talking about the different times when the Lord delivered me. The Lord is good. How many of you all actually can say God is good when you're being persecuted, when you have to go through that long suffering, when you might be stoned, when you might be executed, when you might go to jail, when things might not work out? That's a strong testimony to still give God praise. But the scripture says you have known the Holy Scriptures from childhood. Sometimes we're passed down negative things, but Paul is tem- telling Timothy here, I'm passing down to you a heritage. 
Amen. And it didn't start with me. It came from the scriptures. And it, and it came from God, who strengthens us with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sometimes we got to pass out some good things. Amen. We got to pass down the scriptures to our family, to our children, to our great-grandchildren, and so on and so forth, to people all around us. Not just the bad. We got to pass down the good. Has God done anything good for you today? Are you telling people what God, this is what the Lord has done for me when I was here. This is what the Lord did for me when I was out of work. This is what the Lord did for me when I couldn't pay my bills. Oh, amen. Amen. This is what the Lord did for me when I had people all around me. I didn't have a friend to call on. It was the Lord. It was the Lord. Sometimes these unfair things, they really set us up for double. What was meant for our harm, God really can use it for our good. Matthew chapter 5 talks about beatitudes. Blessed are those who are persecuted be righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you. Blessed are you when people insult you. Amen. Blessed are you when people falsely say all kind of negative things are you because of me. Why do you think that? Why do you think that's in there like that? Why do you think Jesus is saying that? Because you are blessed. When we are weak, we can truly see that God is strong. So one of the things I love about working, about doing on hospice is I get to talk to people at the end of their life. And most of the time they're in their 90s. This week I talked to a man from Hungary and he said I could share his story. He's not black, he's from Hungary. But he said he was helping people in the revolution there and, and during World War II. He even helped the Russians, which were not, were their enemies which were their enemies. He helped the Jewish people and he helped black people. And guess what? Because he was doing the right thing, what happened? He was hated. Um, and he was almost even killed. Um, his philosophy is help people, don't hurt people. What if more of us today live by that philosophy? Help people, don't hurt people. His friends and his family, they told him, don't help those people. Don't help them. They are our enemies. They said, you need to come over here with us. He said, the next thing he know, a bomb went off. All 30 of those people were killed. Imagine if he went to the other side. Imagine if he wasn't doing the right thing when he know he was supposed to be doing the right thing. He said, it wasn't by any big religious effort. It wasn't because God had some big revelation. He just knew it was the right thing. And looking back over his life, he knows now it was God. Amen? It was God that saved his life. Sometimes people will try to say, hey, most of the world will say, hey, this feels good. This looks good. We don't like them over there. Talk about them. Don't be with them. But sometimes we're called to be different. We're called to be set apart. Amen? So it says, so he said that looking back, it was God. When enemies come against you, sometimes you have to let God fight your battles. Other times you do need to step up and let God lead you in these actions. Matthew chapter 5 says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies and bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. 
and pray for those who spitefully use and persecute you, that you may be sons of your father in heaven. For they know we are Christians by our what? Love. And next week is Valentine's Day. By our love. Amen. Show some love this week, right? Um, God sends rain on the just and the, un- and the unjust. Sometimes it shows us, yes, we go through hard times and there is a God. Yes, God is strong when I am weak. And yes, God is my father and I can move forward in faith. Paul ended up writing half of the New Testament. He was in jail writing letters, but his words are living on 2,000 years later. Amen. God took what was meant for Paul's harm and used it for his good. The scripture says, after this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren down to the fourth generation. He got it all back. And we still talking about Job, right? The little girl that was trying to make money to go to Disney World, she ended up not getting one ticket. She got four free tickets to Disneyland. Amen? Those <laughs> the parks, the four little girls that were in the bombing in Alabama, on their way to church, 14 years old and 11 years old, Emmett Till, all those injustices actually did lead to justice because guess what? It sparked the civil rights movement. And those things led to more rights for not just black people, but other minorities and inspires people all over the world. We got to see Dr. King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Dr. King does live on. He talks about strength to love, loving your enemies, loving in action. So I want you to imagine yourself with your enemies this week and be inspired because I know they're playing black history movies all on the TV talking about black history facts. I want you to let that inspire you. We are not victims. We are what? Victors. I am not a victim. I am a victor. Amen. It was God who gives the strength to be the first in all those black history facts. Amen. Dr. King got death threats before he died, and he did not, it's it's said that he did not want to do it anymore. He wanted to leave town. But he said that it was God that gave him strength to keep on moving on before he actually was killed. And now I can tell you that Dr. King does live. There is a Martin Luther King Jr. Drive in over 40 states in the United States, in predominantly black neighborhoods, amen, and some Latino neighborhoods. Now, Dr. King lives on in every black grandmama's house. Amen. And it's a picture of Dr. King sitting next to Jesus and Barack Obama. Amen. Dr. King does live. He does live. He does live. You can put those pictures on the screen, please. God, he does live. Dr. King does live on. And so we can also think about Jesus Christ also because it was Martin Luther King who looked to Jesus Christ and to Paul. Next, next picture. The dream does live on. The dream and Dr. King does live on in our hearts. Jesus was betrayed. Jesus wanted his apostles to, you can take it down. Jesus wanted the apostles to pray for him. 
when he was about when he was in the uh, garden of Gethsemane, and he knew it was time for him to go to the cross. But he didn't want to. He said, Father, if it be possible, take this cup from me. But when they went to sleep after three times, he said, not my will, what? Yours be done. Sometimes things don't always go the way we want them to go. They go God's ways. God's ways are not our ways. They are higher and better than our ways. What if Jesus didn't die on the cross? Where would we be? Because Jesus did die, guess what? He lived forevermore. Amen. And we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us through our enemies today. Amen. Because he he lives, sometimes God is calling us to die so that we can live. Amen. I want you to think about those enemies you may be com- that may be coming against you and be inspired by those first. And um, in black history, the scripture says in Psalm 27, Now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies and all around me. Imagine yourself with your head, not down, not downcast, but you are looking up with your enemies all around you. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy. It doesn't say I'm saying because I'm happy. It says I want to offer sacrifices of joy. I will offer a sacrifice of praise, even when things are tough. And we learned that from those first in black history, that they sang when things were tough. They did give God praise when things were tough. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to God. I want you all to stand and sing with me. We shall overcome. You know I love to sing, and the scripture says sing, so we got to sing.
Lord, we just say thank you for the strength to overcome, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you have not left us and you didn't bring us this far just to leave us. We say thank you, Lord, for all of those people that we have to look up to in black history, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for giving them the strength to overcome. And Lord, we ask you to continue to encourage us to overcome in our daily lives, Lord. We ask you to help us to move forward, to share your story, Lord. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and we thank you that we can look to him. Thank you for dying for us on the cross. Thank you, Lord, that you live forever in our hearts and in our lives today. We ask you for strength to overcome, and Lord, we thank you that we are victors and not victims. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.